Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to season seven of What the Flock. This season, our goal is to carefully approach some very serious and often polarizing topics. The issue we're going to focus on have and continue to cause so much damage, people seem unable to civilly discuss these topics. The episodes in this season will give you the tools you need to facilitate your ability to talk about these topics in a beneficial manner. I'm joined by my co-host, Joel Spikowski. How are you doing, Joel? I'm excellent. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. And I'm so great. I'm going to give our famous disclaimer of season yes, seven. Please do. In season seven, it's all about disclaimers. Yeah, there's a lot of them. For important reasons, because yeah. the seriousness of these issues often result in people not hearing both sides before judging the, the issue at hand. So with that said, we encourage you, dear, dear, dearest, most dearest listener, to be careful sharing anything from these episodes with other people without first encouraging them to hear the entire episode for themselves. So also, in addition to listening to the entire episode for yourself, we always highly recommend listening to any previous episodes that are referenced during this episode. Yeah, and, and the uh, the topics we're covering in season seven are very popular topics to debate. They've been debated at length. The reason they have been and continue to be is because traditional debates did not work. Debates pit two sides against each other. Each side is concerned with only trying to prove their own point, often becoming overly emotional about the topic, even triggering. And instead of trying to learn something new and find out how they could be wrong, when it comes to these topics, people seem to want to root themselves deeper into what they already believe. Right. And we saw with the previous six seasons that, that each issue has two perspectives that distract people from the ultimate answer. We call them the strict and loose side of the argument. And Joel, can you give us an overview of the strict and loose sides? Yes, the strict perspective, what this side does is it invites and even initiates conflict on these topics. This side tends to be a bully, using intimidation as a tactic to control people. They hold people to strict standards in which they rationalize away any need that they would have to hold those standards to themselves. These people become hypocrites, like the Pharisees. When they are confronted and respond to that confrontation by justifying why it's okay for them to hold others to a higher standard than they hold themselves to. The loose perspective avoids conflict and avoids tension as much as possible. The standards they hold themselves to are based on how they and others feel, which leaves them with no objective measure for what the moral answer is. This side tends to be an enabler, and it removes any discomfort brought on by confrontation. And unfortunately, what happens is these people show that they don't actually care for others when they avoid confronting people, especially those who are in pain, and they avoid this confrontation for their own benefit. Right. Great. So that's kind of an overview of these 
these sides there, we have bullying tendencies or enabling tendencies. Thank you, Joel. Okay, as we go forward, the number one technique we will use throughout this season is to repeat back to the opposing side what they believe to their satisfaction before making my point. It's the only way to have a profitable interaction because it causes people to listen to the other side once they know they've been heard. Yeah. This is, that's, I mean, that's, this is a really big deal Yeah, because that's the only way. So if you want to argue and just yell and scream, then don't hear the other side first. But the only issue is, is that you can't complain if you don't feel heard. Oh, nice. Yeah. So if you want to feel heard, if you want to be heard, then your objective ought to become to be the best hearer, which is what right. we're trying to do here. Yeah. So debating is actually a benefit if seeking first to understand is the guiding principle. And if de debating mediators followed that, then we'd have profitable discussions, but yeah. likely not entertaining with <laughs> yeah. what society believes is fun. Right. I don't think debates are fun. I don't enjoy them. They hurt my brain. I've yeah. listened to two people understand each other before. And it just makes me smile because it's right. the one of the most rare things on planet Earth that occurs. Yep. So that's what we're trying to do here. We're we will focus on understanding each side first. Right. And with that said, Joel, what topic are we going to discuss today? Today's topic is abortion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Well, I feel like with these past seven episodes, we're, we're hopefully building faith with our listeners that we can handle these topics. Yeah, yeah you know, Seven episodes in seven seasons where it's like, hey, everyone, now we're approaching abortion. Right, yeah. We are seven seasons, seven episodes into those seven seasons to finally talk about abortion. Right. Joel, what is the strict side of the topic? The strict side can simply be summed up by a belief that abortion is murder. Great. So let me repeat that back to you, to your satisfaction. Joel, you believe, if you help this perspective, right. Joel, what you believe is abortion is murder. Do I understand you? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing, man. Great to know your perspective. Mr. Strict Man. Mr. Strict Side, yeah. Okay, Joel, if you were to be Mr. Loose Man, what's the loose side of the argument? The loose side would say it's up to the conscience of the individual because they know what is best for themselves. It is their body. All right, allow me to repeat Mr. Loose perspective back to Mr. Loose. Well, uh, Mr. Loose... I just want to make sure I understand you. Are you saying that it's up to the conscience of the individual because they themselves know what's best for themselves? Do you so you believe that it is their body, so it's their choice? Yeah, so I understand I you. Yeah, I appreciate you putting that in the form of a question too, and asking me if I if I hear you. Thank you. That is definitely 
what I said and what I meant, and I am satisfied. Thank you. Well, I'd like to summarize where we're at so far. With the strict perspective, Mr. Strict believes that abortion is murder. On the loose perspective, Mr. Loose believes that it's up to the conscience of the individual because they know what's best for themselves. It's their body. It's their choice. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. So now let's contrast those sides. Okay. Okay. How would you argue for or in support of the strict side, Joel? If I was on the strict side, my argument for it would be life begins at conception and ending life is murder. Now, on the strict side, if I was arguing against the loose side, I would say legal abortion creates a culture where life is disposable. And then on the strict side, a question to someone on the loose side, I would say, do you have the right to decide who lives and who dies? And how about this one? Would you have wanted your parents to have aborted you? Excellent questions. Thank you, Joel. How would you argue for the loose side in support of the loose side? All right. If I was on the loose side, my argument for it would be, it is child abuse to force someone to be born in a situation where are they where they are not wanted nor able to be properly cared for. For instance, the book Freakonomics made the following argument from a data perspective, not a political or emotional perspective. Okay. It said this, when Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973, the rate of serious crime in the country was through the roof. 20 years later, in the mid-1990s, the crime rate decreased dramatically in the U.S. because Roe v. Wade had enabled those women most likely to have an abortion, which was, according to the data, low-income, unmarried teenage girls and women. Roe v. Wade enabled those women to legally, safely, and less expensively get an abortion. So again, according to the data, those unborn children would have been much more likely to turn to crime as adults had it not been for Roe v. Wade. Now, on the loose side, arguing against the strict side, I could say to somebody on the strict side that banning abortion is murder because that, that also results in deaths. Abortion can be and is a safe medical procedure that saves lives. For instance, mothers in unsafe pregnancies. And abortion bans endanger healthcare for everyone not only for those seeking abortions who may have to go to unsafe medical procedures, mm-hmm. but it even can endanger healthcare for those not seeking abortions just simply because it decreases and limits the amount of alternative care that women 
can seek when pregnant. Now on this loose side, again, asking a question to the strict side, I could just simply ask them, do I have a right to decide what I want to do with my body? Excellent question. Okay. That brings us to the ultimate answer. What is it, Joel? All right. The ultimate answer. I'm going to take a big, big backward step here and remind everybody the point of this season is not to just tell you whether or not abortion is right or wrong. Big picture, our answer has to do with talking about any topic. Mm -hmm. And our answer is leadership, grace, and love. With an emphasis on Paul's approach, as shared in the season seven supplementary episode, we need to know whether we are talking to a believer or an unbeliever when we discuss the topic of abortion. We need to know whether we are talking to someone who is strong in the faith or weak in the faith when we are discussing abortion. We don't want to cause a believer to stumble, and we want to reach the unbeliever for God. So as it relates to leadership, we ought to seek to understand the other person's perspective. With this topic, we can start with making sure we understand each other's definitions of the key words we're using. Abortion, murder, Mm -hmm. life, Mm -hmm. etc. As it relates to the grace and love principles that we're emphasizing, Ultimately, when interacting with either side, the person ought to take direction from God via grace in order to love that person. And grace and love are the keys to avoiding enabling and judging the other person with the hopes of either winning them or edifying them. So what I would love to do before you have a conversation with somebody about abortion, I recommend listening to season two, episode 13, the grace episode. Season one, episode 15, the love episode. The information you get in those episodes, the information you get from those doctrine, according to the way God wants us to understand them, will help you approach a discussion about abortion with anybody, regardless of what they believe. Right. So in this season, what we're encouraging people to do is you know, understand the other person first, which is leadership, take direction, take direction from God via grace and love the other person. So if you are not doing those things, one of those three things, our encouragement would be to step away from the conversation to get those things sorted out and then approach that topic. Right. So it's essentially you have three measures for, are you ready to have this conversation or not? Leadership, love, grace. If one of those are not not in place, then your biggest issue is getting one of those three things in place. That's great. Thank you for that clarification. So now when it comes specifically to abortion, Mm -hmm. I'd like to offer you some perspectives that you may not have thought of. What this will do, this extra information ought to help you be ready to discuss this with anybody. So again, we're not necessarily giving you information so you can prove your point in a better fashion, but more information for you to be more prepared to be a leader to people, to love people, and to take direction from God. 
So the general statement that attempts to give the ultimate answer about abortion is that abortions should be safe, legal, and rare. However, this is a complicated issue because there are so many variables. Consequently, people don't agree on that general statement. Mm. One way to clearly think about this issue is to see four categories relative to beliefs about abortion. Number one, a complete ban. The people who believe this approach are the people who flatly see all abortion procedures as murder. The argument against this belief is when it becomes necessary to save the life of the mother. Number two, the special cases approach. These are the people who believe continuing the pregnancy is a credible trauma to the mother or even the child. For instance, when the life of the mother is at stake, when the pregnancy was due to rape or incest, something like that. The argument against this is where do you objectively draw the line? What denotes quote, credible trauma. Mm -hmm. The third belief, early pregnancy. The people who believe this approach are those who believe abortion ought to be allowed as long as it doesn't involve a, quote, baby. The argument against this is not only where you objectively draw the line, but we are talking about a human regardless of whether you call it a fetus or a baby or a child or whatever. Okay. And then number four, unlimited abortion. These are the people who believe in late-term abortions, but they don't want to draw a line. So they say abortions ought to be allowed even up to the day before delivery. The argument against this is it blurs the line between a medical procedure and murder. And you see why a lot of these or none of these is really the ultimate answer. The, the point is, is to give you the four approaches that are most common as it relates to abortion. And we can see why these beliefs fall eventually fall apart due to being subjective and, and not based in morality. And you want to prove this out. You can prove out that these arguments end up falling apart is when you ask anybody, regardless of what they believe, should or ought abortions to happen? Mm. It doesn't matter if you're pro-life or pro-choice. It doesn't matter if you believe in complete bans, special cases, early pregnancy, unlimited abortion. Everyone agrees that abortions ought not to happen. Even when someone says abortion should be legal, that person's not going to say, Yay, every woman should get abortions. Abortions are good. Abortions should happen. They just don't want to be told that they can't use abortion as an as an option for solving the unwanted or or unhealthy pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But ought abortions to happen? No. Every pregnancy ought to be done with two people who want the child and who can properly care for the child. Everybody agrees on that. Nice. And I finally want to make this one point again. We've made it in the contraceptives episode, but 
we want to emphasize that God can open or close a woman's womb. We see this throughout the Bible. Yet God never caused a pregnancy with one exception, Jesus. So this doesn't say, this is not to say that God doesn't have a plan for your life and whether or not you should have children, but it does mean that no one can blame God for having been born. God forms us in the womb after conception. God cannot force a person to have a child. And remember, at this point, we're not trying to agree or disagree with any of the perspectives that have been explained here. We're merely trying to have a civil discussion regardless of what perspective you do agree with. Thank you, Joel. So allow me to repeat back to you, to your satisfaction, what I've heard. And we want to be able, if we are going to understand someone, we need to be able to connect with multiple different perspectives regarding this topic. So what we see is there are four. There's a complete ban, number one, number two, special cases, three, early pregnancy, and four, unlimited abortion. So what I love is, you know, getting close to this, uh, this ultimate answer, ought abortions to happen? No. And dealing directly with the issue head, head on does not dissolve the issue. Right. We've learned that a lot in season six, that the way that right. God handles things is dissolving issues. Right. So we want to emphasize once again that God can open or close a woman's womb. This is shown throughout the scripture. Yet God never caused a pregnancy with one exception, Jesus. So it's not to say that God doesn't have a plan for your life and whether or not you should have children. It does mean, though, that no one can blame God for having been born. God forms us in the womb after conception. God cannot force a person to have children. But my parents make a choice, yeah. and God, you know, being merciful and amazing, gives me a soul and a uniqueness that I and a purpose that I can live out. Yeah. Now, at this point, when we're having this discussion with someone, we're not trying to agree or disagree with any perspective that they have, but merely trying to have a civil discussion regarding this polarizing and emotional topic. Yeah. Can yeah. we hear what someone believes to their satisfaction? And hopefully when we do hear them, it's, it, hopefully we'll take some emotion out of the conversation so that people can listen again instead of yelling and screaming and being overly emotional. But ultimately, when we're interacting with either side, the person ought to lead the other person by taking direction from God via grace in order to love them. Grace and love are the key to avoiding enabling and the key to avoiding judging the person with the hopes of winning them, whether they be a believer or unbeliever. Joel, is that to your satisfaction? That is, I feel heard. Thank you very much, Jonathan. 
Thank you, Joel. This has been What the Flock. If you'd like a deeper study of the topic and how to deal with people who either bully or enable regarding abortion, listen to the Music of Life Church podcast companion episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.